Welcome to the Church Planter Talks podcast, a resource made for church planters by church planters. Everything from practical helps to philosophical discussion, the Church Planter Talks podcast starts right now. Hello, I'm your host, Corey Estep, and joining me, as always, Pastor Richard Rossiter and Pastor Preston Hoyseth. We're going to be talking about going into the new year as a church in just a moment, but at the time of this recording, we've just finished up November, and so, guys, how was your Thanksgiving? My Thanksgiving was awesome. It was awesome because two of my sons were able to put bullets into two living things. And you might shoot. want to be more specific. <laughs> two of my sons uh, were able to shoot their first deer, and uh, so that was awesome. That's and uh, No, tell them what you did after, too. Afterwards, we put blood all over their face, because that's what we do when you shoot your first deer. That's given. That is messed up. We did not have them eat the heart, though, so we were, oh. we're slacking in that area. And uh, so we're looking forward to eating the rest of the deer. But uh, that was just a neat experience. I love, I love doing that and seeing that. And so that was the highlight of our Thanksgiving. Nothing better than fried heart. Yeah. With a, with a slice of toast. Oh, it's good stuff. Y'all are like or some Satanists or something. <laughs> he said fried. Pull he didn't out the say heart wrong. while it's beating. And no, no, you fry it up. Good stuff. What about you, Brother Preston? What did you do for Thanksgiving? Yeah, we had we had a few folks over to our house from the church, my wife's sister and her family. So we had a good time there. And then, uh, and Friday was a really busy day, uh, Black Friday. We have yeah. a we have a parade uh, in downtown Bemidji that kind of kicks off the Christmas season. And went, I went to it with my family last year, and I said, "Man, this year we've got to we've got to capitalize on this because our church is right downtown as well." So we opened up the church and we had some coffee going and cocoa and stuff, put out a little sign. And I'm telling you, people just started coming in by the dozens. And uh, we had like 300 people come through the doors and got to get an invitation in their hands. And a lot of people just just very impressed and saying, man, God bless you. This is awesome. Thanks for thanks for doing this. So good, good stuff. That's great. Did you do anything to... um get contact information from these people or was this just solely an outreach charitable event yeah i took some notes and we we have some ideas for how to do that next time but it like i say it was just kind of chaotic there's so many people in and out so we've yeah. got to come up with a better system to you could always uh, do a uh, a lottery for maybe like a tablet or something Nice. Oh, some people call it a raffle, but whatever you want, you could do a lottery or a raffle and have them fill out the the card, and then you have their information. <laughs> yeah, no, that's that would that would work. We could give something away and some kind of contest or whatever. Yeah, be cool. Well, you guys started to talk a little bit about Christmas there. Um, one more question before we get into our main topic: uh, What are you guys's preaching plans during December? Do you guys preach a special Christmas series, or how do you approach that? Brother Hoyseth, how do you do that? I almost always uh, break from whatever regular series we're doing on Sunday mornings and do some sort of Christmas thing uh, during the month of December. Sometimes it's just for two two weeks or uh, three weeks. This, this time we're going the whole month of December, and I'm preaching out of Isaiah 9-6. 
Um, his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor, the Mighty God. So it'll be it'll be something different. We'll get, go through each of those names. That's awesome. I almost never a break for my series to do at Christmas. <laughs> Uh, series. Um, I normally take like the Christmas Sunday, whatever Sunday that's deemed, and uh, do something Christmassy there. I have in the past done uh, a series, and it's awesome. Um, it's just because I've been over the past several years preaching through the Gospels. At some point, I preach to the Christmas story, just yeah. wherever it flows in, the, in when we're going through it. And so some years it hasn't worked. Uh, most years it hasn't worked. But uh, uh, I, I like preaching some of those um, characters that are not the main characters. Oh, yeah. And that, to me, is really a fun thing to do because they often get lost at the Christmas season. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's a great time to bring those guys up, Simeon and Annas and um, uh, Zechariah. Yeah, Zechariah and, and Elizabeth. And so that's a, that, I did that one time, really enjoyed that. But this year, uh, I'll probably just break for that uh, Christmas Sunday and do something Christmassy that day and maybe the Wednesday before. Yeah, it's fun. So we talked about Thanksgiving, we talked about Christmas, so let's move on to the new year now. Uh, when this episode actually releases, we will be in 2018, so let's talk about what the year holds and uh, how a church planner um, can make plans and how that helps throughout the year. First question, guys, how do you go about planning for the new year? Do you take a personal retreat? What do you do with staff? Things like that. Well, let me just go back to when we started the church. And because uh, a lot of the guys listening probably are, you know, not too far from either having started or going to start. And uh, I had this idea because I'd heard guys talk about taking a week and and going and studying and, and, and planning and all that sort of stuff. And I, and I first I first thought, well, that's something that is necessary when you have a ministry that you have to organize different ministries and, and staff and all that sort of stuff. So I didn't do it probably the first three years because I didn't really think I deserved it, I guess I could say. Um, but then I had some counsel saying, listen, you need to do it yeah, because your preaching needs it. <laughs> and um, <laughs> so I, I did it probably, I think if my memory is correct, probably year three or year four and was able to get away for a whole week and... Um, and really planned out the preaching, and I know we're going to talk about that a little bit more specifically. But planned out the, the theme, uh, planned out you know kind of some of my personal goals that I wanted, and had some serious prayer time, and and it was it was incredible. And I I haven't been able to do it every year, uh, just logistically. Some years it's been difficult. Um, you know, because sometimes there's a cost associated with it if you don't have a place to go. Uh, but I could not recommend it more. Uh, and I, I did some, I did some reading, you know, over some of the topics that I'd be preaching on, or some of the books that I was preaching on. And so I, I had um, plenty of things to occupy my time while I was there. It wasn't, it wasn't wasted time. And uh, so I could not recommend it more to you to try to do that. And then there's uh, several other years that I did it with other pastors. Mm. Uh, Pastor Nail and I went away, and, and typically we do, we do like three days together and two days by ourselves, something like that. And that was also beneficial. 
uh, because we could also bounce ideas off each other, argue yeah. about doctrine and methodology, and you know, and, and I like that. Um, and so that was also beneficial. So if you have somebody that you can do that with, but just make sure there's somebody that's comfortable in your own skin. Because if not, you, you don't want right. to be, you know, babysitting a pastor for a week. That would be annoying. Uh, so right. I couldn't recommend it more. Yeah. Well, time spent planning and sharpening the axe, that's never wasted time. Yeah. That's it's very, very important. I've never... Um, done a real retreat or get getaway but i usually take at least two three days um sometime in the late fall and i'll just try to change up my routine maybe get ahead a little bit for that week and then go over spend the day at the coffee shop or just somewhere i, I usually am not to facilitate a little bit of creative thinking and get get my calendar and get uh just, just bring my Bible and just pray about the needs of the church and, and all of that and just think about what, what the new year has. I, I think it's very crucial to have some dedicated blocks of time uh, where you look ahead to the new year. And I think that's important to know whatever your circumstance is, you can do it. You know, you, you may yep. not. Uh, we had a place that it didn't cost us anything for me to stay there. Somebody had a vacant house that I could go to, and that's not always the case. You know, you don't, you don't necessarily want to put money aside to, you know, get a hotel for a week. You know, so it may not be convenient to to go. Um, yep. So you can do it, but I think also there's some there's also worth in investing in what's important. So if it's worth doing, then, you know, you may not be able to do it every year, but, but at some point, you, instead of going to a preacher's conference, yeah, go to your own conference with God and, yeah. and spend it. And if it has to be three days, two nights and three days, start there. And uh, I, it just, it, it is so, it was so beneficial to me. Yeah. I mean, I, I have a, I have a busy life. I have a, a big and busy family. Uh, I, I don't live in, we live in a, you know, not, not a city, but it's not a quiet place. And yep. so it's, it's kind of imperative for me. If you have my personality, I kind of need seclusion because I, I'm, I'm like the, the, uh, the dogs on that movie up who are constantly drawn away by the squirrels. <laughs> yeah, that's me. That's me. So where where I went, there was no there was no cable, there was no there was no internet service, there was nothing that could distract me. And uh, you may not need that sort of, you know, wilderness, uh, but that's what I needed then and um, and so I would I would suggest figure out a way to do it, do it however you can now and always try to take a step up you know, and do it better the, the following year. And I can definitely see in the future, it would really be beneficial to take a staff retreat yeah. and to have that, have those ideas bouncing back and forth. And because um, one of the weaknesses that I've seen in, in my method is just, I, I'm, it's just me and my mind alone, you know, and uh, usually when I really start getting productive is when I sit down with the calendar with my wife and we start talking about events and, you know, some of the men of the church and say what worked, what didn't work. That's where things really start to uh, firm up for me. Uh, you bring up a good point because we over this past year have kind of been going through that transition. You know, for so long, it was me and my mind alone. And, you know, what I was good at was going to get done. What I was bad at was not going to get done. 
and then we bring some staff on and I'm like oh you can't read my mind well clearly I hired the wrong people uh, yes. you know so that there's some transition where you what have to talking about? <laughs> uh, I have no idea uh, where you have to be a little bit more inclusive to the people that are around you share that share those opportunities and thoughts a little bit more and that that's a learning curve that's maybe it's more painful for the staff to watch the pastor go through that learning curve <laughs> perhaps because yeah. you know it's it's my learning curve you know they're the ones that to clean up the mess uh, but it's it's necessary and I think you know trying to do that even before you have staff just share that vision particularly obviously like you said before you said with your wife and then sharing that vision with with somebody in the church or maybe even having a good solid meeting you know with some men in the church and say this is what God's doing in my heart for next year to build some excitement before you you know lay all that out for the whole church body yep do you guys plan out your sermons ahead of time? And if you do, how far in advance do you know what you'll be preaching? I plan out my sermon series ahead of time, and uh, which typically is a, some book of the Bible that we're going through. Um, that's my favorite way to preach. And um, so I have a general idea of, I, I try to uh, read through the book during during that retreat time as I'm looking forward to the year. I look through that book, uh, usually try to get some sort of an outline or breakdown of where the paragraphs and the main thoughts are ending. And um, and then make a, make a list or an outline from that. But I, I certainly don't have all of my sermons you know, outlined and planned out a year in advance. Uh, I, a week in advance, I'd be doing really good. Machine so, of you. <laughs> yeah. But I, but I know where I'm headed. You know, and that makes a big difference when you when you kind of yeah. see it see it coming and have it all on a sheet of paper. I have all my sermons for the year done by the time that that retreat is over. Nice. And um, no. I was like, um, <laughs> no. Really? That's it's incredible. Like, it'd be nice if it actually played out that way. Uh, I, you know, you try to plan it out, try to kind of make a skeleton outline. How many weeks is it going to take me, or, or, or years is it going to take me to get through this book? And so you try to do a skeleton, and then if you're doing a, a series, maybe maybe on a church theme topic or something, you know, how many messages is this going to take me? What what different avenues yep. or angles am I going to take at this? And and then you know, it's actually helpful later because when I first started preaching, I would load the whole concept in the first sermon. Yeah, and then I was like, oh, I guess I'm going to say the same thing for the next three weeks. And so yeah. that was helpful to kind of make that skeleton so I wouldn't get ahead of myself. And uh, that was especially you if you go from I'm pre preaching once a week to now preaching, you know, three particular study times and then maybe a Sunday school. Um, you know, that that's a that's a different that's a different ball game. And so making yeah. that skeleton of of those sermons I think are are important. I also try to um, look at the book that I'm in and match it up with what's coming up on the calendar. Um, like, for instance, when's, when is Easter? And where will I be approximately in the book around Easter time? Oh, it'd be cool if we could land it right here. You know, and then I try to try to set the pace to where we can be right there yes. in the book on that day. And uh, that's, that's fun, fun to try to 
coordinate them like that. It it doesn't typically end up the way you planned it. No. But that's okay. At least you had a plan, and you knew where you're going, and you're just adjusting instead of you know trying to create on the fly. And for me, that's my personality is to create on the fly. You know, seat in my pants, and it'll work out, and you know, I'll come up with something. And so it was all the more important for me to do that because it it created the more I studied the more dependence that was developed, you know, in, in seeking the Lord's face. Yeah. yeah. As opposed to just, you know, regurgitating past knowledge or past thoughts. Mm-hmm. That's good. Let's shift the thinking just a little bit here, more towards themes. Let's talk about that for a little bit. What about an annual theme for you guys? Uh, do you guys have one? Uh, that seems to be maybe some people call the trend among churches right now uh, to have a theme. Uh, but why do you think a, a, a theme is helpful for your church? Uh, I thought a theme was very helpful, partly because, again, my personality, I, I needed something. I needed something Direction. to keep me on the rails. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. uh, if not, I would just kind of wander around aimlessly. And when I, we first started the theme, I thought it was necessity for that theme to carry through all the way uh, through the end of the year and affect every part. And I come to find out that's not really necessary. It's just something that is a, a guiding. You know, sometimes it's more involved in the preaching. Sometimes it's less involved. But a theme was very helpful to me. Also, it helped me because typically it was attached to some scripture or biblical yep. idea that that kind of either went coincided with where we were with the mission statement or, yep. or, or the state of the church or the health of the church or what I thought would be the next step of the church. And it kind of kept me on task. Um, and so I find them very beneficial. Um, I'm the kind of guy that needs help. I, I'm not going to design anything. And so I would suggest you get somebody that knows what they're doing. Because uh, if not, you'll get somebody that doesn't know what you're doing. You don't know how to design. You're like, oh, that looks great. And it doesn't, you know. And uh, so uh, Brother Corey's number is, uh, he can put it in later. He can yeah. design it for you. Whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> uh, and he will do it free of charge. No nope. tax is expensive. Nope. Uh, it's a big nope. Uh, but anyway, if I have somebody do that. And I've always found a theme helpful. And um, other guys maybe don't don't do that and it's not it's not a big deal but it's always been very beneficial to me yeah i i really like them um again like you say they're not required it's not like you have to have a theme and if not you're not uh you're not really a visionary you know not at all but uh if it's helpful it's helpful and uh you look at a look at some area of the church that perhaps is lacking and that you want to build in build upon or a renewed perspective or different, you know, if you've been building inwardly for a long time, maybe you have a theme that deals more with outreach. Um, if you've been focused more on doctrine, uh, folk then have a theme where it focuses on practical living and just say, hey, we're going to focus on this. It's an area of a theme for this year. And <clears throat> what that does for us is um, usually doesn't 
necessarily impact the books that we're going to be going through, yeah. but uh, it often will be reflected in our Sunday school series or other things like that. Um, for instance, we did <clears throat> a few years ago, uh, one of our first themes was walking together. I just thought it was important. People are coming from all these different backgrounds, and what we really needed was just unity. Get everybody on the same page, and here's who we are. This is what we believe. Let's walk together. And then, so in, in uh, Sunday school, we started dealing with uh, ABCs of Christian growth. We dealt with Baptist distinctives, why are we Baptist, and just kind of laying the groundwork and everything. Um, <clears throat> then last year it was God's word changes lives that we realized this is kind of what our church is about and so let's maximize on that and we just talked about God's word uh, in Sunday school we did an overview series uh, one one book per lesson and that was that's challenging yeah. <laughs> but uh, but helpful you know people said oh I kind of get the bird's eye view of it now yeah, we, we've done it to where whatever the theme is that's kind of preached out on Sunday nights and okay. uh, going through a book on Sunday mornings and you know I try to, to you know sometimes the book can tie into the theme sometimes it can't it's not a big deal uh, yep. but then on Sunday nights I, I will initially preach the theme the first couple weeks of the year and then if that has produced some series then um, I'll preach those and then the book I go through on Sunday night Typically, I try to attach it to sure. the, the theme, you yeah. know, in some way or another. And again, like it's 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 not a it's not a you have to do it one way or another. It's just whatever works for you. Yeah. Now, this year it worked out. We're doing consider Christ. That's our theme. And Sunday nights we're preaching through Hebrews, which is basically where you get that concept to yeah. consider Him. And then uh, in Sunday mornings, we're in Matthew. And so Christ is front and center, preaching through the Gospels. And uh, I, I love it. I think it helps to give myself and the church just a very clear area of direction and focus each year. You guys have kind of talked about the preaching and how it connects to the theme. Um, but I'm going to kind of deviate, deviate away from the notes here and ask a question that has to do with the theme. Um, I've seen it. I've seen the theme become kind of an obligatory thing. It's kind of that thing that guys say, okay, it's the beginning of the year, let's come up with a theme. And so you throw a banner up, and there it is for all to see. And maybe it's addressed once or twice, but then it's just wall decor for the rest of the year. How do you keep that from happening? Do you, do you, we may go back to the planning talk here a little bit too, but it would seem to me that you really do kind of have to have a full year's repertoire in the planning phase to even know yep. what the theme should be and really let the text of what you're going to be preaching through dictate what that theme is going to be. So do you start with a text? Do you start with a theme? Or do you start with like what you had said, Brother Preston, of seeing a need and starting from there as the pastor and the leader, the leader of that um, mm -hmm. church that God has placed in there to kind of use your discretion and wisdom? Yeah. What what? How does that process work to keep that disconnect from happening? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I definitely start with a a direction, a vision for the, where the church needs to go and where it needs to grow. And uh, there's a verse that says that the the spirit of the prophets is subject unto the prophets. And so there is there is that element where the the pastor 
does have uh, can make decisions about the direction that it's going to go. It doesn't have to be driven. You know, our direction doesn't have to be driven by whatever series we happen to be in. Yeah. At the, at the moment, you know, we can determine those things before the Lord, which uh, which way we want to go with those. Um, <clears throat> but yeah, I, I I find that it's it's just very helpful to keep it out in front. If if we were going to do like you say and just put a banner up and then forget about it and never really come back to the theme, I don't think there's much purpose in having a theme. I yeah. think you're just doing it to do it at that point. Yeah, I, I agree. And I think, because uh, I've been on both ends, I, I've, I've had it to where the theme really rode all the way to the end of the year. And I've had it to where after uh, a couple series, you know, it didn't really mesh with the preaching. So it wasn't, it wasn't mentioned as much. I've been on both sides of that. And to me, uh, most of the time, I start with where we are at a, at a church as a church, and where we want to go, and I kind of base it upon that. And you know, some teams sometimes, to be honest, it works better than other times. Yeah. And I, I don't think that what you don't want to do is as the church is growing and maybe it outgrows the theme or maybe the theme has become you know a, a mantra that is beaten so much that it's become an annoyance. You know, don't be subject so much to your process that you're a slave to it, that you even do what doesn't work. There, there's you know, we always say there's two ditches. The one ditch is I just had a theme to have a theme. The other ditch is this is our theme and bless God, we're going to do it no matter what, you know, <laughs> and, and, you know, you're, you're a church planner. And to be honest, it's not going to be that much different when you've been pastoring a church for 20 years, you're going to have a theme and sometimes it's going to work great. And sometimes it's not, and that's okay. You keep preaching the book and, uh, you know, and, and then you, you go at it again next year, you know, um, some some one of the things that we're going to do next year is is categorize that theme and break it down into different parts of the year. So yeah. we revisit it, you know, with an additional word or something like that. And yeah. uh, others I've seen do it where they they make sure they attach that theme to whether event whatever event they're having. If they're having a missions conference, then. Yeah. You know, then the theme is the title of the missions conference. If they're having a revival, the theme is the title vacation Bible school. They try to tie it all together. Um, that's pretty good. Some guys are going to be able to do that. And, and God bless you. Have a great time. <laughs> does that make sense, Brother Corey? Did that answer yeah. your question? Yeah, it does. Um, that's that's one thing. Looking ahead, if I'm going to be a pastor someday, it's it's one of the fears I have that. I don't want to get bound to a theme in so much that I cripple myself and my ability to be able to communicate truth, if that makes sense. At the same time, I don't want to be in that other ditch and just, you know, neglect it either. Yeah, things but, change so fast in a, in a small church, in a church plant. You, where, where, where you think you're going to be in six months, you probably won't be. Yeah. And even the people that you have, you probably won't have necessarily. It'll be different people. Some will come, some will go. And so, therefore, the needs will be totally different yeah. uh, six to eight months from now than what you think they will be. Yeah, we did a theme um, several years ago, kind of the concept of rise up and build because we had land and, and we were getting our permits. Yeah. And wouldn't you know that it took two years to get our permits? <laughs> so, you know, that theme that we had rise up and build, it wasn't going to really happen ultimately for two more years. You know, but the Lord used it because there's more to build than a building. 
Yeah, and I remember you guys focused on that building, building men, building families, yeah. um, building the church itself, not just the building. So. Exactly. So yeah. you can, I mean, it's, you hate to say it, that you got to kind of roll with the punches, but you're going to have to kind of roll with the punches. You know? I think that's important to point out as we're talking about planning, because you can only plan so much and you got to realize that those plans are not going to go exactly as you want them to. That's important to point out to guys like you and brother, uh, yes. brother Hoyseth, because to me, planning is a chore to you guys. Planning is the thrill. Exactly. <laughs> and to me, oh, it didn't work out. I planned it. Uh, you know, another good yeah. reason to not plan. And I, I, have more, I have more fun planning my vacation than actually taking my vacation. <laughs> <laughs> to me, that's really, really creepy. <laughs> This and yeah, I'm more of a planner too, but that's a little too far. <laughs> My wife would say the reason we've never taken a vacation probably because we've never planned one. <laughs> I'm glad she doesn't listen to me. Hey, do you guys want to get in the car and go to Disney World like right now? <laughs> See, yeah. that's what I would do. I would do something like that. Yeah, that's awesome. Well, what about? Uh, we've, I think we, I feel like we've talked enough about themes. If you have any more questions about themes, we'd love to even start a conversation on Facebook. Uh, but what about longer range planning? Is it realistic for a young church, for a younger church to have like a five year plan? You always hear have a one year plan, have a five year plan, have a 10 year plan and have an exit plan. <laughs> In case none of those go the way you want them to. Corey, we need to know what your exit plan is. Yes, tell us what your exit plan is. Jump out is. and hope the parachute works. That's the exit plan. No, I'm My exit plan for him is to push. <laughs> It's more of an escape plan at that point. I, uh, I mean, having just said what we said, you know, you're, you can't see a couple months down into the future, let alone five years. But that doesn't mean that you can't try to plan. And you set a course because if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time, they yeah. say. Uh, you have to aim at something and then be flexible for how the Holy Spirit's going to lead and how what changes come. But yeah, I do think it's important. Um, I don't always have a five-year plan out in front of me, but every couple of years, I definitely uh, take that wider step back and zoom out and say, okay, what's our trajectory? Where are we headed? What's our goals? Um, we want to get to this point and not so much attendance-wise because a lot of that's just in the Lord's hands. Yeah. But um, as a pastor, what can I lead and what change can I affect and how, how do we want to get there? And I think it's important, too, to point out that as a church planner, the, the one year, the three year, the five year is almost written into the job because... Mm -hmm. You know, you're starting, and you're in so much of it is we, we need to grow enough so I don't need as much support. And then is this location good? And, and when do we get a building? And so, the logistical planning is also it's just so much part of the job that sometimes what is neglected is is some of that spiritual planning where, where we would like to be you know we may not be in a position where i have somebody to to run a discipleship but but i'd like to have that next year and yeah. so that when that guy shows up we've already thought about it a little bit and putting down some spiritual markers that we want to you know anticipate i'd like to have a youth pastor i'd like to have uh, mm -hmm. a music director I'd, I'd like to teach some of these kids to play the piano so 
we don't have to sing a cappella anymore. Yeah. You know, all those things are, are not too minimal to be intentional. Because I'm just going to tell you, three years, it comes and goes. It flies. Yes. And you don't have a piano player now, and you're lamenting and hoping somebody moves there. No, no. You need to start having a three-year plan that your child's going to be able to play the piano in three years, or your wife, or you. Get them in lessons. Yeah. yeah do something. Because it will yeah. happen super fast. And you start off, and you're the only one doing outreach. You're doing, you know, you're evangelizing. You're going door knocking. But you ought to have some goals and say, you know, two two years from now, um, I'd like our people to uh, be equipped to be able to go out as well. And so what steps do I need to take to train them yeah. to show them? You know, because as a pastor, if you have no goals, you're you're not equipping the people properly to do the work of the ministry. You're just going to keep, keep uh, covering the same ground that you're covering year one and we were joking about exit strategies but I think that's also something that's important for you to ask yourself what what is my plan I mean God can do whatever he wants yep. what's my plan here am I a church planner that's going to plant this church and have somebody come in and take it and go plant another one am I a church planner that you know this is kind of uh, what I feel like my, my stepping stone. I want to get this uh, experience under my belt, best to learn with you know brand new people, and or is the, do I plan on being here until the Lord says I have to leave? And I think I think that's an important conversation to have with the Lord and have with yourself too. That do I do I even have an exit strategy? Do I want one? And exit strategy may not be the right terminology, but what is my philosophy about my, the pastorate? that I'm in or I'm about to go into. Even if you're convinced that you're there for the long haul, um, it's still always right to try to establish and set set up the church to where that if something happened to you, that it's not a total train wreck, yeah. that somebody else can step in and say, oh, man, this these ministries are already in place and people kind of know what they're doing. And this, this church knows how to do uh, the work of the ministry. All they need is a leader. Yeah, and that's that's hard as a church plant, but I think mm -hmm. that's one of the concepts of planting a church. If God has called me to plant a church, then yep. I should probably plant it. You know, now that every circumstance is different, so you do what the Lord tells you to do. But you know, to me, that that was critical. That's what God called me to do. He didn't call me to be the pastor, though I am. He called me to plant this church. And, and then you transition into becoming more of that administrator or that pastor leader. But it, ultimately, at the beginning, that's what you're doing. You're just you're just getting some seeds in the ground and, yeah. and watering them and helping it to take root. That's right. I'm even thinking of the analogy of a literal plant starting from a seed. I just yep. planted some Carolina Reaper peppers because I'm a glut for punishment. Ouch. The hottest pepper in the world. I planted some of those seeds and I planted five of them. Three took. And I've been just nurturing them up, but I did not realize. I'm thinking, okay, I live in Florida. It needs to be like at least 80 degrees all the time for these plants. And they have to have a lot of sunlight. Well, we've had some overcast days and we've had some evenings that have gotten down to the 50s and the 40s yeah. here. I know, I know. Terrible. It's like winter. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I've had, my goal has been to have Carolina Reapers in order to eat a Carolina Reaper. It to, because I'm stupid like that, <laughs> but that's my goal. That's my long-term goal. But I've had to adjust my, I've had to adjust things as I've gone. I've had to bring my plant in at night and put it under a, a light, 
And yeah. that's not something that I originally planned on doing, but I had to adjust because I want the finished product. Yeah, so, you have a long-term goal, and that means short-term steps. To exactly. Reach that goal. There's a, there's a begin with the end in mind process, but there's yep. still that next correct response of wisdom that we have to have. I think it's imperative for church planters to be proactive and to be looking to the future because what you don't want in your five-year plan is five or ten years down the road, you're still just as much a church plant yeah. and not not a, not a church that's functioning yeah. and doing what it was meant to do. That's right. And I think any church planter that's going to listen to this is going to say that Brother Corey's illustration is more right on than he, than he knows because planting a church is like planting Carolina Reapers. You're like, why in the world am I doing this? And you taste the fruit, and you're going, oh, my God. They make you cry. Yeah, I planted this, and now I'm the one getting burned. But, hey, at least I hit my goal. Yeah, that's right. Oh, that's a beautiful illustration. All right. Well, guys, is there anything else you want to say about um, the new year, the planning, or maybe just anything? Happy New Year. Good luck. <laughs> no. All right, cool. Well, thank you so much for spending some time with us today. We we pray uh, before each episode that it will be a help and an encouragement to someone. If you've enjoyed this podcast, we really would appreciate it if you would take a moment and leave us a review on iTunes, or you can share the link on social media. To learn more about us or to submit a topic for a future episode, check out our website, churchplanertalks.com. You can also email us directly, churchplanertalks at gmail.com. So for Pastor Rossiter and Pastor Hoyseth, this is Corey Estep saying goodbye, and God bless you and your church planning endeavors, and Happy New Year.